Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me, fine local conservative, mayor of Shimoka Dam, the head of uh, Pima's uh, global volcanic and tsunami responses. He's filling in temporarily. To, to hopefully none of those things happen around here. Uh, we want to remind you, Route 15 North blocked, uh, just north of Shimoka Dam at Lupine Lane, the particular cross street that is where this is at. Uh, traffic uh, is getting by slowly using some of the other ways off the road there. So we'll keep you posted about that just north of of Shemokin Dam. I was really nervous. I thought maybe it was Joe, but he's okay. So. I came the other way. Did you? Well, sound <laughs> sound choice. All right. Uh, with that, we welcome on the news line David Rowe. He's the state representative in the 85th District. I still call him the new state representative around here, but he's been reelected a couple times. He's on the line. Good morning, sir. Thank you for calling in. Morning, Dave. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Joe. How are you guys doing? Well, we're hanging in. How about you? <laughs> doing as well as can be expected. <laughs> All right. And you're a little wound up, as always, so good. We'll get right to it. Tell me about the impasse in, in Harrisburg. What's your explanation for what in the heck's going on there, and how will it end? In the House. So, unfortunately, it seems like the the new Speaker of the House, Democratic Speaker Mark Rossi, was not interested in bringing us back to work until they were sure that they would have a majority. Uh, the uh, the leadership decided to take a gamble when they supported Mark Rossi for Speaker. They they uh, had their a promise from him that he would be a independent Speaker. He was planning to caucus with neither the Republicans nor the Democrats. So instead of having a majority for either caucus, there would be a 101 to 101 tie, and then with him the last. Uh, tie-breaking member as an independent. The, the plan sounded great on paper. Uh, I was very concerned about the practical application of it and whether or not we could trust uh, this last-minute deal that was made on the floor on swearing-in day. Uh, I, unfortunately, this, this was not one I was happy to be right about, as uh, the first thing Speaker Razi did as soon as he had the gavel was you know, essentially gavel us out until uh, they could come back with a majority. So he decided to take two months off. I'm not sure how many jobs in the private sector you can get a new job and then leave for two months without any explanation and then come back and expect to still have it, but apparently that's the case in government. Is he going to, to remain, Dave, or do you think that there's going to be an effort to you know, move on to somebody else now? Well, he has said both things. He has, he has said that he intends to stay, and then he's also said he is uh, willing to reassess his position as Speaker uh, if the statute of limitations le- uh, legislation that he wants passes. Uh, my concern, however, is the Speaker is supposed to be a nonpartisan entity. It's supposed to be a neutral arbiter of the rules in the House. And when you have a Speaker who has said that he will leave the doors of the House locked, physically locked, unless he gets his way, I think that's a very dangerous precedent to set going forward. One of the things that he said he heard from uh, people on his listening tour was that people are concerned that really just one person, committee chairs or uh, somebody else within the state house or senate, is really governing all of the legislature, the House and the Senate, just these individuals. He said he heard this from people. What's your reaction to that? And if, if that's a valid complaint, that seems to me that's precisely what he's up to. 
Well, we are a legislative body in that a majority of members really are capable of doing anything. A majority of members of a committee can force a bill out. A majority of members on the floor can overturn the rulings of the chair. So we are a legislative body where the majority rules. Uh, but I think for a while we have seen that trend across legislative bodies in the state level and also the federal level where power has been concentrated in a select few people in the leadership positions. Uh, I think that's something that uh, the Freedom Caucus in Washington, D.C. was successful uh, in getting some, some concessions from leadership and even former speakers. Paul Ryan himself said that the Speaker of the House position had too much power when he was there, uh, and, and so he thought it was important to restore some of that power to the elected members of the body. Well, what's likely to get done in the House this year? Anything? I'm hopeful that some things will get done. Obviously, the, the very hot-button, contentious issues are probably dead, uh, but maybe that's a good thing. Uh, there are several bills that I, I've rolled out that I'm hopeful will receive bipartisan support. They've, uh, some of them have received bipartisan support in the past. One of those bills has to do with the Keystone Opportunity Zones, areas that are designated to, to uh, help revitalize communities by providing certain tax incentives. And we have an issue uh, where, where businesses will come in, take advantage of the tax uh, advantage in one area, and then simply jump to another. One. So they become uh, these entities that are just hopping from tax advantage zone to tax advantage zone, really undermining the intent of the issue. Uh, so I'm working on that bill. That is something that I'm working alongside with a Democrat, hoping that with support from both of us, we can get it through both chambers. Another bill I'm working on is hospital price transparency, an issue that 94% of people want to see passed uh, that I would hope would be able to be passed here. It's passed in Texas. It's passed in Colorado. It was policy based on uh, a rule made by President Trump and then strengthened by President Biden. So it's a policy that clearly could get support from both sides of the ideological spectrum. So I think there are definitely issues like that that we could surely move forward on. What's the impact on the state from this impasse, almost two months without any activity? What are the lost opportunities? Explain that. Well, there's several lost opportunities. First of all, from the constitutional amendment perspective, uh, there was an attempt to propose a series of constitutional amendments regarding regulatory reform to uh, restore authority to the General Assembly, to the people's elected voices, uh, in efforts to uh, pass the statute of limitations legislation that uh, had been passed previously, but the governor's uh, former governor, Governor Wolf administration, forgot to uh, properly advertise, forcing the courts to uh, mandate that we restart the process, and then also a constitutional amendment required voter ID. Uh, all of these, if they had been passed uh, in the beginning of the year, would have gone to the May primary ballot, where the people of Pennsylvania could have made their voice heard on those issues. They could have voted whether or not they became part of our Constitution. Uh, but unfortunately, because Mark Rossi and the Democratic Caucus decided to take the first two months of their job off, we have missed that deadline. It would still be possible to pass it in time for the November general election, uh, but the May primary opportunity has been lost. Well, you just mentioned voter ID, and several of your Democratic colleagues have proposed an amendment, or a law rather, requiring people have proper photo identification to buy ammunition for their firearms. But, you know, they don't seem to have a, they have a problem with uh, not having voter registration oh, be brother. required. And Mark's always worried about these poor people who just can't get ID. What about the little old grandma who can't get ID for her ammunition? <laughs> well, I have great news on the voter ID front, uh, because in the, the bill as proposed, if there's an individual that cannot afford or cannot access voter ID, uh, the state will bear the cost, and by the state I mean the taxpayer, will bear the cost to send those voters uh, a registration card specifically for the purpose of voting. Uh, so the concern about the, uh, you know, the affordability issue, uh, that's not one on the current version of the bill, because they will be provided one free of charge to them. 
In your courses of travel, have you found anybody who can't get an ID? We just interviewed uh, Senator Yaw last week, and he said he actually never met anybody who couldn't get an ID. I know you have constituents who had a tremendous amount of difficulty getting ID, but through great expense and travel, they were able to do so. Do you know anybody today that uh, can't get an ID? I personally have never met someone that told me they couldn't get an ID. Uh, you know, we would certainly, if there's anybody listening that is having trouble with that, feel free to call my office. Uh, happy to help you navigate any issues that you're having. But I personally have never met anybody who couldn't get an ID. Uh, and with this bill, they could have one sent to them for free. Uh, they wouldn't even have to go through any of, the, any of the patchwork themselves. Well, we've also talked many times over the years about Pennsylvania's legislature being rather large and rather well paid. Uh, <laughs> is there any move afoot to finally reduce the size of the state house and do you would you support it or do you have reservations well, I think that the conversation now should be had that whether or not we need to be a full-time legislature. Uh, you know, if we are able to take two months off work and the, the, the Commonwealth hasn't burned to the ground, I think we need to reassess whether or not we need to be a full-time body. Uh, you know, the taxpayers have been footing the bill for the capital to be maintained, for security, for staff, for all those things. And meanwhile, the, the, the doors of the House are literally locked uh, by the Speaker. The doors to his office are literally locked. So, so much for an accessible representative, uh, you know, constitutional republic when we are unable to even speak to or reach the people that we are elected to serve. That's why I've been spending as much time as possible in the district getting to know my new constituents. I've been down in Harrisburg uh, every single week as well, doing what work I can here. Uh, but I think we really need to uh, revisit that discussion of whether or not we need to be a full-time General Assembly. Where does the governor come down on what's going on in the House? Have you had, had any interaction with him? Any idea where he stands? I have not. I think he is uh, kind of trying to keep his distance <laughs> um, from, from the sort of dysfunction that uh, Speaker Rossi has brought upon the House. You know, uh, Governor Shapiro, he wants a legacy, right? He's made no, no, uh, no secret about the fact that he wants to be president someday. And, uh, you know, if his first several years are spent with partisan gridlock and an impasse, that's not something that he can point to as an accomplishment. So I would imagine that he is working behind the scenes to try to get things moving again, because if he doesn't have a legacy to point to in his first year, then it's going to be very difficult for him to run for president. All right, some of the issues that seem to be popping up around here, uh, this idea of legalizing and taxing pot could be a big revenue producer for the state, but of course it's relaxing a uh, sort of a traditional drug law around here. The pros and cons, what's your view on this? Well, when we discuss uh, uh, legislation and issues like that, I think we need to make sure we're approaching it from the scientific and medical perspective, uh, and I'm still interested in learning more about that. Uh, I, I do not think it is wise policy or precedent to make legislation based on the amount of revenue it can generate. Uh, that has become a very, a very popular talking point, pointing to how much money the state can raise. Uh, but I think if we are drafting legislation motivated by how much money we can take from our constituents, I think that's a very poor precedent. We should be passing legislation uh, based on what preserves the individual rights, personal freedoms, and best welfare of our constituents, it should not be based on how much money we can take from them because the state already takes way too much. Well, when you finally do get down to business in the House, one of the complaints I've heard over the years, and it's been one I have myself, is that uh, committee chairmen are too powerful and that the, you, know, the, you guys will say something to a, a constituent, yes, I support that bill, but then it never comes out for a vote, it never gets out of committee, and then we're told that secretly uh, representatives are saying, oh, don't bring that on the floor, we don't want to have to vote on it. Do you think the Democrats will be a little more forthcoming than the Republicans have been? 
Well, time will tell. We haven't even seen a copy of the rules. Rules are supposed to be adopted on swearing-in day, uh, and not only have we not adopted rules, we haven't even seen a copy uh, of the rules that Speaker Razi is proposing. Uh, we did see a copy of the rules that the House Democrats proposed, uh, and unfortunately what was very concerning about that is rather than requiring a simple majority to amend any bill, which has been the, you know, the, the uh, basis for m almost every legislative body that I can think of, uh, because in a, a simple representative democracy, the constitutional that we have, constitutional republic that we have, uh, the majority in a legislative body rules. And in the Democrats' proposed rules, they are raising that threshold to amend a bill from a simple majority to a two-thirds majority. So when we're talking about the, the caucus that uses the word democracy on a daily basis, yet they somehow seem uh, more interested in undermining the democratic process by silencing the voice of the majority and requiring a two-thirds vote. In the House of Representatives, it doesn't even require a two-thirds vote to impeach a governor, let alone simply amend a bill to change a date or make a, a minor clerical correction. Uh, but that is something that they are attempting to do. So as far as whether or not there would be a change in precedent with the consolidation of power, I think, unfortunately, under the proposed rules from the Democratic caucus, it will only get worse. Now, uh, Speaker Rossi's rules might be very different, so I, I won't say anything about his rules until I see a copy of them. Now, th let's look at transportation. Uh, funding of state police, uh, the turnpike, a massive amount of debt that they have, uh, Placing the gas tax that law that's lost from hybrid and EVs. We understand there already is a fee that does that, but uh, uh, long-term solutions to the state police transportation turnpike conversation. Is there any discussion about that down there? Yes, and I think that issue extends beyond just the transportation line. Adam. That extends to the Pennsylvania budget as a whole. There's a lot of uh, opportunities out there, whether we're going to a zero-based budgeting model, whether we are adopting a bill. Like, I, I've introduced a bill that will uh, limit state spending over the long term. It's called a structural balance model. It will, it will uh, be fewer peaks and valleys. It will allow for more spending in the lean years and us to save more in the years that we're doing well. Uh, but that's a conversation that we need to have across the entire state budget. When you have uh, the transportation uh, line item continues to balloon every year as more and more revenues are required and also bled from it at the same time. We need to reevaluate the, uh, the budgeting process. There needs to be an implementation of a capital reinvestment account system uh, that would allow transportation to be funded over the long term without requiring constant infusions of cash. And it would also make it sustainable to the point where we are able to finally cut back the gas tax, uh, which, as we all know by now, is actually going up this year thanks to an escalator clause that was put into the original legislation. Uh, I did not vote for that legislation. I wasn't here when that legislation was passed. I would not have voted uh, for that legislation uh, because now we're seeing that as the prices rise at the pump, so do the taxes. So it's an exponential uh, increase in pain on the consumer's wallet. And that's something that we should be addressing sooner rather than later. I'm curious, you mentioned the fact that about a part-time legislature, given the fact that the past two months you haven't been doing anything because of the uh, speaker, but, you know, is there anything that should have been done in, in terms of things that were left over from the last session that should have been taken care of by this point, or we missed out on anything? Well, there's uh, several legislative initiatives that we could have moved forward on. Uh, for example, the, uh, the Veterans-Owned uh, Small Businesses Bill that I ha introduced last session, it passed with an overwhelming majority. It had 185 yes votes, only 18 no votes in the State House. Uh, it passed. The Senate voiced support for it. Unfortunately, they didn't get it across the finish line. And all that bill would have done, it would have simply restored to veteran-owned small businesses uh, the opportunity to bid for the small, diverse business contracts offered by the state. Uh, unfortunately, Governor Wolf and an executive order 
order removed veterans from that classification several years ago, and my bill just intended to put it back because we have several uh, veteran-owned small businesses in the 85th district in the surrounding area that built their businesses on those state contracts. And to have those suddenly yanked away without explanation, without any legislative input, is really putting them in a precarious position. Uh, so, yes, we have done a disservice to, to, our, to our veteran-owned small businesses. We have done a disservice to our students by failing to pass issues like the Lifeline Scholarship Bill that would have provided opportunities for students in failing schools to, to move somewhere where they have an opportunity to better education. So there are lots of opportunities that have been lost due to Speaker Rossi's hiatus. Well, we've had another mass shooting overnight, this one at the University of Michigan. That's going to spur more calls for gun control or meaningful legislation. As Mark always asks, is there anything that we can do, common sense, that we haven't done already that would make gun violence less likely? Well, I think from the common sense perspective, we look at what has been happening over the years as more attempts to push uh, the disarmament of the civilians, to, to push this, this fear of firearms rather than you know, to push the opportunity for people to become educated, to learn how to use them and to defend themselves. The, the media circuit is consumed by people who use firearms for evil, uh, but the, those individuals who stop mass shootings, those individuals who are protected themselves, those, those women who are able to walk home at night from work in safety, those stories never seem to make the news. And when, if we look at the, the gun control argument, you know, the, the easiest thing to point to is to areas where it simply has not worked, whether we're looking at the local level, you know, Chicago and Philadelphia should be some of the safest places in the nation due to having some of the strictest gun control laws, but actually they're the most dangerous. When you look at other countries, where countries that have been disarmed, and we look historically speaking, what the end result is, I think it's very difficult to have a conversation about further eroding people's constitutional rights after we're just off of two years of the government uh, banning worship and threatening to remove children from their homes based on their personal, parents' personal medical decisions, uh, businesses being shut down. Uh, you know, you, you look at some of the terrifying videos that came out of China with drones flying around telling people to stay in their houses. You look at Australia, where people were literally put in camps uh, based on their personal medical uh, history or status. And I think it's very difficult to have the conversation about disarming the population after we witness just how much power the government is willing to seize. Well, thank you so much for your time today. You pack about a two-and-a-half-hour interview into 20 minutes, so we really appreciate it. You get a lot in, so we appreciate that. Uh, anything else you wish to add? Maybe we didn't ask you. You did mention some of your priorities. Well, I would just say if there are uh, any, any of my good colleagues on the other side of the aisle listening, I would say come on back to work. I'm down in the Capitol. Well, a bunch of my colleagues, we're here. We're ready to go to work. We've been ready to go to work. I think your constituents are ready for you to come back, too. All right, fantastic. I'm not sure we have any on board, but uh, sure, I implore them. <laughs> well, you to, never know. To call any time. <laughs> hey, thanks, Dave. Yeah, thank you thank so much, you very sir. Much. Yeah, Take care. much appreciate. All right, David Rowe, State Representative, 85th District, uh, what they refer to as a fast talker. So we appreciate his uh, his well, time. That implies that there's somebody trying to con you. I think he gave us straightforward answers oh, to no, the questions. Just the opposite. No, right. I, I appreciate the honesty and uh, a rare glimpse behind the scenes there of what's really going on and the locked doors and uh, this idea of taxing pot, you know, just seems to keep coming up. But uh, uh, I don't think even our Democratic House is quite ready for that. But we'll see. All right. Well, we would invite your call. We're going to flip to open phones to the topic of your selection on the market sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family ownership, uh, a family owned dealership since 1915. Two locations, 4th Street and Sunbury, of course, the whole plaza complex there by the uh, North, uh, North 4th Street Plaza 
Lanza and routes 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf. Rundern Road would be the uh, crossroad to put on your uh, device if you so need to there right by Hummels, Texaco. Uh, you can find out uh, more about them at sunburymotors.com if you're looking for a new Ford, Hyundai, or Kia. Uh, they're taking vehicles that are going to be ordered up uh, for this model year, the 2023 model year, but believe it or don't, uh, some of the models, like the Lightning, you got to go into the 2024 model year to get signed up, uh, but that's a fantastic truck. they got a mannequin just like it down at the lot, but you can check that out. Or if you want a conventional or a hybrid uh, Ford F-150, they got those, plus some Explorers and Expedition. they got Escorts and a wide range of vehicles uh, for sale at the Sunbury Motor Company. they got Hyundais and Kias as well, and they would just love to do business with you. Uh, SunburyMotors.com is our sponsor. All right, call us now if you have a comment or a remark about anything being talked about. Taxing ammunition is about to get one angry man on the radio, but maybe there's something else you'd like to discuss. 570-743-9565 or requiring ID before you buy ammunition. That's it. 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. We have two emails, both with the subject taxes in the heading. And uh, you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm. out of auto repair. Okay. Wow. All right. Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to Joe McGranahan. And to you, too. Thank you. And to your family. Right. And to Lynn, our producer, Lynn Hall. Okay. One of our good listeners says there was a shooting at Michigan State University, not the University of Michigan. Yes, that was my error. So we uh, clarify that. On the topic of taxation, so when uh, David Rowe was on the line, upper right-hand corner, Joe. One of our emailers said, there is not a revenue stream that exists that can (laughs) satisfy the appetite of the government. <laughs> you could legalize every <laughs> illegal product in the world. Right. Well, then your your favorite, prostitution. No, that's not my favorite. <laughs> and then Tom says the states with the lowest taxes are getting the most federal money. New York and California are financing the red states, especially the poor ones, which the Republicans have the most of. Fact. The Republicans. Well, yes, and as opposed to the Democrats. <laughs> He's going to call them that. I'm right. going to call the Democrats. Welcome to middle school, kids. <laughs> Uh, would you just not stick your chewing gum under the table? Uh, right, exactly. Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. I got a question for Tom. Uh, if, say, California, New York, and blah, blah, blah are financing the federal government, and, and all the red, the red states are getting all this money from the federal government, are the people in those states getting taxed at a higher rate by the feds than they are in the other states? Good question. 
No, there's, I think there's just more of them. That's the only way that could them. happen, correct? No, there's just more of them, although they're bigger earners. I think he's talking about the return of an investment of money from the federal government. In other words, how are you a donor state or are you a, 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 a recipient state? Okay, so they're saying, but they're paying more. How are they paying more? The I don't federal, think he's saying the they're paying more. He's saying that they're not getting back their fair share from the federal government compared to other states. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. You know, his Democrats are the ones that set up most of the of the system. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so, now, Mr. Rowe was talking about rec- uh, who, uh, one of the representatives put a bill forward to uh, uh, 11 require... Of them. Yep. How many? Uh, Eleven. I mentioned Democrats it. He didn't. He didn't bring it up. Yeah, and they, they're not proposing it. They're just announcing they're going to propose it. They can't propose anything because they're not there. Right. So oh, they just right. issue a well, memo. See, maybe, see there, there's another good reason for him not to be in session. Right. Well, yeah. Now David said that wasn't <laughs> a terrible idea, so I was glad to hear that. <laughs> so they want they want the ID to buy ammunition, but not ID to vote. Okay. Makes That's what I heard. To me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I heard. So. I mean, do you th- do you really think the criminals are going to care? Because I know what's their end goal in uh, requiring that for ammo. Mind control. What's their end goal? Mind control. Mind, mind control. control. <laughs> <laughs> they say it's criminal control and to stop all these heinous gun crimes. Oh, wait a minute. There is no such thing as gun crimes. There is only crime committed by people. But we're not going to go there today because you all know how I feel about I think that. we just did. But, Yeah. So, what's their end goal? To restrict people's access to ammunition. Although anybody that's law-abiding that has an ID will be able to get it. And it still won't matter, though, if the person, because they're not doing a background check on that ammo sale, correct? Nope. Nope. So, just walking at any criminal that has an ID, which a lot of criminals have some sort of ID, can walk into the shop and... Show up his ID and buy ammo. So <laughs> yeah, what, but you have to stop? say you have to say to the clerk, "Hi, I'm a criminal. I'd like to buy some ammunition." <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, that, yeah, right. Uh huh. That's how. So it works. that's you know that makes about as much sense as everything else the Democrats want to do. <laughs> but Mr. Rossi sounds like he's a liar. He told the people one thing, and he's going to go back on his word. So that sounds like a typical D to me. It was a saying. trick. It was a trick. It sounds like a typical politician, D or R, but either way. All right, thank you so much, Stan. Call back. I know you got more to say. He's still fired up, so we got more. Uh, We got more to talk about with Stan. Uh, Route 15 now open. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Uh, Mr. Joe's across me. Fine local conservative. Uh, natural born grandfather. and is <laughs> Natural born grandfather? I never heard that one before. Well, you're pretty good at it, I think. When's the last time you saw your grand- one of, at least one of your grandchildren? Both of them yesterday. Okay, see? That's proof. <laughs> you're attentive. That's all it requires. Of course, without a life, that frees you up to be a great grandfather. So, uh, without did, a life. That didn't come out right. <laughs> I got to work on my wording. You really do. You know, you're <laughs> really as passive aggressive stuff is getting old. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> 
All right. We would invite anybody who wishes to to contact us now. Uh, you can do so at 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. We had State House member David Rowe on the line earlier. <laughs> we got about a one-hour interview in about 20 minutes because he's a speed talker. So we always appreciate that. Uh, you can get a lot of topics covered in a short amount of time. And uh, so we appreciate his comments talking about legalizing pot and uh, taxing ammo. Oh, no, scratch that. It's already taxed like everything else, but uh, requiring ID. He, he, too, another legislator that is unaware of anybody or claims to be unaware of anybody who does not uh, have any access to a legal ID. So that seems to be uh, something uh, that only a few people know about, myself included. Hey, if you have, can I ever consider exclusive. the fact that you're wrong and that there is people well, that No, I'm 100% ID. right, but the, you know, the people <laughs> that, are, uh, that are in this category aren't going to contact their state representative. Why not? Can't they get a phone call in either? I mean, it's just they, these people are so incapable of anything that they can't make a phone call. They well, can't. these are people that have maybe a limited uh, developmental delay or may have fallen through the cracks through either foster care or birth parent uh, situations <laughs> that maybe they went off on their own. And what percentage and so, of these people exist, in your opinion? I, I don't given know. Given the entire I, I body think politics. Senator, you all hear I said it was 1%, but you know that's just based on speculation. I have no idea what the number really is. We just know that there How are people. How about zero? Um, well, we know that's not the correct answer. And one, I'm just making that up. I mean, I don't know. It could be, you know, more. It could be slightly less. It isn't zero because we know the actual people that uh, have trouble getting ID. But I ask but you who they were. You said you don't know them. I don't personally know them. I know of them. I know. Well, Eric called in and said his, his parents had a tremendous difficulty finding a... Uh, it became a real quest for them to get ID. But they I, got it. Right. They absolutely did. I know when uh, a person in my family needed ID, they needed to get a birth certificate from their parents. But through great consternation and courthouse checking and archiving and cooperative people elsewhere, uh, and through great expense of their own, they were a- 100% able to. Uh, my lovely bride works in human services, and so she says there are individuals who have tremendous difficulty. But see, here's the solution. David Rowe talked about the answer, that they are going to work to help people to get he the ideas. He said they're doing it. Right. So that's in a So there is law. no problem. I didn't say there was. Okay, but then... That was not in earlier requirements. So it's not in the constitutional amendment, and it wasn't in early requirements, but it is written into this. Senator Yaw announced it last week, and David Rowe confirmed it. So there is no problem with voter ID. Never said there was. I don't have any problem with that. Okay, As I've said six times to you face-to-face, but... Well, no, I just want you to make it clear, perfectly clear... Do I need to flick you on the forehead again? No, but I may flick you on yours. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> How many times have you ever been interested in physically hurting Mark Lawrence? Oh, quite a few, but yeah, I resist the temptation because I'm not a violent person. Right. <laughs> okay. I'll remember that, Nick. <laughs> anyway. All right. 570. We saw what you did to the deer that busted your vehicle. What so. I did to him. He <laughs> yeah, did yeah. it to me. I didn't do it to him. He left limping, you heard him He so did bad. leave limping. Yes, okay. he did. All right. Anyway, I'm sorry. We're, we're wasting Stan's time. Let's put Stan on and then Stan's I'll do Stan's already headlines. been on, so we get a minute. All right. <laughs> okay. Oh, man, uh, the, the soft bigotry of low expectations is rearing its ugly head again today. But anyways, that's not why I called back. Joe, I have a question for you. Mark always says you're head of Pima or local Pima. No, something. I'm not. <laughs> okay. I was, I was the chairman of the Pennsylvania Emergency Communications Committee when I was with the Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters. And okay. I, I retired from that several years ago. I'm exaggerating. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, irregardless, 
you got this big train fire out there in East Palestine, right. East Palestine, Palestine. What do you think the effects of that are going to be in this area, considering the wind blows from west to east? And they're saying there's fish killing everything else out well, there. What concerns me more is, like Pete Buttigieg, our beloved Secretary of Transportation, I'm more worried about the number of white guys in construction. That's what he <laughs> talked about yesterday. He completely ignored the pa- Palestine. It, it's not Palestine. It's Palestine. It's Palestine. It's Palestine. Like, it's like Palestine. Palestine. Yes, that's right. how I heard it. So he, he didn't want to talk about that. He wanted to talk about the fact that uh, neighborhoods of color often get construction projects really late, and when they do, there are only white guys working the construction project. That's his problem. He doesn't even yeah. care about that. But, you know, we, the president's out touting this infrastructure bill. It seems to me that they should be looking at our nation's railroads, which we depend on. And since they shut down the pipelines, we've got all this dangerous stuff, as they call it on the left, being transported by rail. So we have a real interest in making sure the railroads are run correctly. Right. They need to find out why it derailed and then why it was lit on fire instead of just cleaned up. Now, what what I've heard is the governor okayed the burning of it because he was afraid there was going to be a massive explosion. Don't know, wasn't there, so I can't say anything. That, well, that's, that's what that is what DeWine they said, yes. Supposedly said. That's what they said, and I think he consulted with Governor uh, Shapiro as well, and that they both agreed that that made common sense. Right, except you got all kinds of methyl ethyl bad stuff floating around out there. <laughs> that when combined, it just makes nasty, nasty is stuff. Is that right? a and chemical name? Killing, killing stuff. Is that a chemical name, methyl ethyl bad stuff? That yeah, would be... methyl ethyl bad stuff, because, you know, there was like four different chemicals in that train, and I can't pronounce very few of them. So, yeah, just in general, that's methyl well, ethyl bad stuff. But they had two, They had a problem. If they let it go, it might have exploded and caused even more damage and spread this bad stuff, as you call it, even further than if they just burned it off. So they burned it off. It was a bad choice, but what other one could they make? They burned it off. Did you see the pictures of the clouds, the film? Yes, I did. The cloud that yep, was coming the on. Big that black pretty nasty looking smoke. stuff. Yeah, it is. And so, I don't but, know yeah, which... The fish killing the rivers out there and the streams is pretty bad. Miles away, I've been, I, I've seen. Yep. Well, you're so right. So, are we going to be seeing seeing the effects of it? That's what I want to know. It's and quite everybody possible. Everybody should want to know. It's quite possible. Quite possible. Yep. Go yeah. All right. Y'all right. have a great day. You and too. Stay hey. out of the clouds. All right. right. Yes. Yeah, chemical clouds. That is. All right. Don't fly today. All right. Thank you so much, Stan. Appreciate the call. All right. That opens up the line. Uh, we can uh, talk to anybody today. Five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. That's five seven zero seven four three WKOK. You can email us at on the market WKOK.com and text us at seven zero two three six. Always include the. Keyword OTM. I have an issue related to the Super Bowl I'd like to bring up when you're ready. Okay. Uh, right after headlines, Route 15 is clear in Lewisburg. It was blocked north of Shemokin Dam uh, because of Joe's commute up here this morning and a crash that happened at Lupine Lane. Uh, that Route 15 section is clear right now and the accident is uh, cleared. Another candidate has stepped forward to run for Magisterial District Judge in Sealands Grove area, Scott Ziegler, an attorney who says he's a former prosecutor in the county, says he hopes to replace Magisterial. John Reed, who is not seeking re-election. Local schools around here, among those receiving $50,000 in school safety grants from Harrisburg, our correspondent Mark Sims, following that. Safe schools targeted grants totaling more than $8 million have been awarded to 166 schools in Pennsylvania. The governor's office says they can be used to buy safety equipment for new programs and to hire security personnel. 
Governor Shapiro says every student in Pennsylvania deserves a safe learning environment, and these safe schools-targeted grants will help schools all across the Commonwealth invest in the resources and staff they need to keep students, teachers, and staff safe. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Milton, Mount Carmel, Shimokin, Shikalami, Warrior Run, and Sun Tech will receive those $50,000 grants. A regional nonprofit, Habitat for Humanity, has purchased one of the former homes that was on the campus of the former Sunbury Community Hospital. Drive owns the land and the buildings now. They're selling one of the buildings to Habitat for Humanity so they can turn it back into a home. It was a medical oriented office. Maskware no longer required at Evangelical Community Hospital. Officials at the hospital announced effective yesterday employees, providers, volunteers, patients, and visitors no longer required to wear masks. You can voluntarily, which lots of folks still do around here. There's still time and lots of options for the Sealands Grove Regional Engagement Centers. Hope to have a new intergenerational community center. This comes following the sale of the Sealands Grove Inn, which was their targeted property. Rec President Kelly Filer says they can look out elsewhere in Snyder County. We are having some talks, and it is very exciting. You know, maybe we'll hear something in the next couple of weeks about some potential designs. But if that doesn't work, we've got time. I'm excited and inspired. We told you last the rec was awarded a $2 million grant. They can apply that to another location they can find for their community center. WHTM reporting on the 11 Pennsylvania House Democrats who are proposing a bill that would require photo identification to purchase ammunition. In a memo to House members Friday, the lawmaker said the bill would reinforce enforce current law to ensure ammunition is never sold to minors. The White House Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, sought to put to rest any questions about whether the objects detected in national airspace are UFOs tied to <laughs> aliens. Yeah, who better to ask, right, other than the White House <laughs> Another <spokesman>. alien. <laughs> but anyway, Joe, come on. She's, she's a U.S. citizen. Anyway, she says there's no indication of extraterrestrial activity related to the handful of high-altitude shootdowns that have happened later. So E.T.'s not phoning home How do you know? on those devices. You believe her? Uh, Sunday's Super Bowl was the third most watched television show in history. It was an estimated 113 million people watching the Kansas City Chiefs rally to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles. The 2015 game between New England and Seattle on NBC holds the record at 114,000 viewers, followed by Super Bowl 48. I think 114 million, not 114,000. Thousand. You said a hundred. Oh, you're right. 000. Thank you. Yeah, sorry about that. Yes, thank you. Good catch. Followed by Super Bowl forty-eight in twenty fourteen on Fox between Seattle and Denver, which had hundred twelve million viewers. Fox said Monday the preliminary numbers include broadcasts on Fox and Fox Deportes, as well as streaming on Fox and the NFL digital sites. And of course, all the people listening on our sister station, Eagle. 107. And finally, Rihanna wasn't the only one who went viral during her Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, a lot of people, they said the ratings went up during halftime. Isn't that funny? Anyway, her... Not with me, they didn't. They're <laughs> well, counting me. Uh, I turned it off. I, that's why I say that. I know a hundred people who that halftime show is the time to do something. You know, run away, do something else, or... 
I would suspect the number of flushes that occur go up during <laughs> right, halftime. That's what I'm trying to allude to without <laughs> saying it. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, Rihanna wasn't the only I'm one. I'm here to help you through <laughs> these difficult days. Complete census. <laughs> yeah, they say after a couple's together for 25 years, they can complete each other's census. Well, we have only been, what, 7, 17? Well, we didn't. We no, missed we our been, 15th anniversary. So. Right. But uh, we're, we're getting there. Already, <laughs> you can complete some of my, my sentences. Anyway, yeah, we get, like you just say, you're wrong before I even finish them. It's well, that's because I know that everything you say usually starts with that <laughs> premise that you're wrong. <laughs> it's almost like we're married. Anyway, her a God forbid. her ASL interpreter, interpreter Justina Miles was the first deaf black woman to do the big game's halftime show. In addition to making history, Justina also brought the energy. She flawlessly and artistically turned Rihanna's lyrics into body movements and hand signs. Justina's a 20-year-old nursing student from Philadelphia before Super Bowl 57. She told reporters through an interpreter that people should not let any obstacles prevent them from achieving your dreams. Amen, Justina. Uh, I didn't see one second of her. Where was she? How did you watch her? I'm not her? certain. They, I saw someone apparently dancing, um, you know, but I didn't. I could, wasn't certain they were t- interpreting what was being said or not. Maybe I had, don't speak maybe sign language. On, uh, I don't use it, so I, I'm not familiar with it. But I assume she was doing a good job. Maybe it was on Fox too. Or I something, know. you know, some other well, channel. Well, they were or YouTube. They covered it. I mean, it was in the picture, but not in the picture the entire time. So, hmm. but you know, here's one about. Right, the, let me hold on. Oh, you're not R- quite Rihanna, done. Rihanna, or uh, is the singer, folks? How did you see the interpreter? Or maybe she's gone viral because that was the only way to see her. Please read our emails before you read. Uh, your that good says not for the air. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, a photo of former Arizona Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake attending the Super Bowl has gone viral, but for reasons you might not expect. The former news anchor turned GOP firebrand was seen sitting during the controversial playing of the Black National Anthem ahead of the game, which took place Sunday at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. A photo of her refusing to stand for the anthem was posted on social media and quickly sparked a frenzy of people praising her decision. Never been easier to be a hero these days, wrote one user responding to the photo of Lake seating during the song. Another Twitter user stated, good for her. No one should support this. It was created to divide the country. Uh, The Black National National Anthem called Lift Every Voice and Sing was played prior to the National Anthem ahead of the game and sparked heated debate across social media. According to the NAACP website, the song was written by NAACP leader James Weldon Johnson in 1900 as a poem that turned into a hymn. It was played during the 2020 Super Bowl and the league's 2020 season included the song during its week one games. It was also reported prior to the league's 2021 season that the song would be played before all games. Critics have protested its inclusion, pushing back on its elevation to the level of the national anthem and ripping it as segregational and racist. Um, She said when they asked Governor Candidate Lake about why she wouldn't stay she said, I'm against a black national anthem for the same reason I am against a white national anthem, a gay national anthem, a straight national anthem, a Jewish national anthem, a Christian national anthem, and so on. Lake told Fox News Digital in a statement Monday. She said, we are one nation under God. Francis Scott Key's words ring true for every single American citizen, regardless of their skin color. James Weldon Johnson's Lift Your Voice is a beautiful song, but it is not our national anthem. She's right. 
Well, you and I haven't seen this because we have not watched NFL games, but uh, I am told by one of our good listeners that they've been playing it at the beginning of every game. As this part year, of, yes. Right, as part of the NFL's new uh, respect and attention to issues associated with black community. And uh, I guess part of maybe a compromise, maybe not a deal, but a compromise because uh, they feel as though they may have mishandled the kneeling issue. Um, I don't know. I don't have any problem with her sitting. It doesn't bother me. It, I don't think it's really disrespectful in the same manner or a gr- an adequate protest like when you kneel during the U.S. national anthem. I, I think that's a, a valid protest, and people can do that if they feel compelled to do so. But uh, this, I don't think it's even a protest. Um, I just think, you know, it's if you want to, if you want to show uh, that this is meaningful to you or maybe you're some of your constituents or people do so. If you don't, go ahead and sit down. But I just think it's uh, it's added to be uh, a uh, sort of an enhancement of the game. It isn't a requirement that you stand up or put your hand over your heart, so she's well within her rights to sit down. But uh, she certainly has black constituents and so on. And, and what are you know what do those constituents of hers say about well, that? What, what do they say before they play it? They always say, would you please rise and sing our national anthem? Do they say, would you please rise and sing the black national anthem? I do not know. I, I, I never watch either, the beginning be of the games. You. I only wait till they are well, well underway. They, they usually just include a lot of commercials and talk. I mean, the, <laughs> the Super Bowl has become so overblown with all these Everything. politically correct things that they do. And, not, you know, What's fine. What's another politically correct thing? Oh, the signing, the ASL well, signing. Well, they, they showed right. a picture. Fox showed a picture uh, in their coverage, which I thought was illuminating. The first uh, Super Bowl game, there were five people at the center of the field during the coin toss. <laughs> I saw that. The referee and the two captains. Now it's like the cattle call from Gone with the Wind out there. Like they introduced so-and-so who did such and such. And then they had uh, five people who right. were apparently... Honorary have, people. Right. Jamar so, Hamlin. And uh, they, uh, of course, they allowed the, the uh, three gentlemen that have been to all the Super Bowls in. So they got them in. Well, you, they had them in there, too? Right. I didn't see that. Of course, part they of show... Uh, uh, oh, no, no, they didn't show them. Oh, I didn't but think But they showed so. all the different winners of the Walter Payton Award, which is fine that Walter Payton has an award after well, him. Well, they showed the, showed the, the nominees and then the winner. The right. winner and was... The whole segment was and Dak, Dak Prescott. Prescott. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael Smokes, why? You know, what has he done that's really. Uh, anyway. Well, but all of but them that whole segment was seven minutes. You right. know, so the Walter Payton award. I thought, you know, why? <laughs> this is so prolonged. Well, you have to understand, Walter Payton did a lot for his community. He had kind of set the gold standard for NFL or sports players giving back some of what they got. Joe, and I think that the award is aptly named after Joe, him. Yes. When you give a plaque to somebody, some really super community member. Explain how you feel seven minutes at Shemokin Dam Borough Council. We don't. Okay, that's my point. <laughs> we don't even give out the plaques <laughs> to, to but, outstanding but, I mean, there must members. be somebody somewhere, somewhere that got a plaque from you, and I guarantee you it wasn't seven minutes. It's just so overblown, as you are pointing well, it, out. it's true, but I mean, so I, I think that, you know, they, they introduced, I don't think they introduced individually the all the members of each of the teams. I guess each team nominates somebody right. or is nominated for the award and then they picked uh, the overall winner. Lawrence's worthless view is, I believe they were captains, but I don't know that for sure. Well, but going back to the other thing, you know, we now become a social experiment. We have to have the black national anthem, and she's right. Are we going to well, have a Jewish an national anthem? That's real. <laughs> uh, a straight national anthem, a gay national anthem. You know, are we going to include all these things? If you had said to me 10 years ago, we're going to have the black national anthem, which isn't even official, played before the Super Bowl, what would you 
said, oh, that'll never happen. Why is it that the NFL and uh, me and many other people and maybe blacks really embrace diversity and this opportunity to look back? And, uh, and of course, the game is played during Black History Month, so maybe there's some reflection about this. Are we one country, Mark? Are we one nation no, under God? I'll answer your question after you answer mine. Right. Why is it so offensive that we do this Because I'm answering moment? your question. We are one nation, one nation. If we're not coming together, then we are just tearing ourselves apart. It shouldn't be a black national anthem, a Catholic national anthem, a Jewish national anthem, a Lutheran mm-hmm. national anthem. It should be the national anthem. We are all Americans. We all live all right. in this country. If we have respect, if, if we want to be with one another, then that's what we do. If we don't want to be with one another, if we want to have division, then let's start separating right. the states. That's Pennsylvania fine. is for Lutherans. So you New don't Jersey's have to answer for the Catholic, question. Catholics. That's fine. You do not have to Muslims answer the question. Muslims can be that's in Minnesota. Fine. I'm answering your question. No, that's the exact <laughs> opposite of an answer. If anybody else can, give us a buzz. 1-800-795-9565. What is really wrong with the Black National Anthem being played during the Super Bowl? I'll give you one good reason when we come back. 570-743-9565. We'd love to hear from you. Joe is uh, saying that it's part of this overblown nature of the Super Bowl that there's just too much. Too much, too long, too many things, too many flips and too many coins. And even the coin, even the description of the coin where, you know, you and I flip a coin on something, uh, heads is the picture of the eagle, tails is the picture of Monticello. Even that turns into a prolonged lesson in history and social social uh, rightness and so on. So uh, what's wrong with all this during the Super Bowl? What's wrong with the Black National Anthem? Why is it okay to sit? Why not? 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult... Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6. 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the Mm. out of auto repair. So you were going to give us the one main reason reason why this wouldn't work. Or why this shouldn't be The Super Bowl is a private function. They can do whatever the heck they want. Yeah, but they they no, are attempting to entice us into their living no, room. They want us they to take part in this. No, they're not enticing. Yes, they're they just are. putting it on a show. If you want to watch it, you go ahead. Well, I, I think that the Super Bowl, you know, it, it's like everything else. We get something and we find that it attracts an audience, and then we start trying to find ways to enhance it or make it more socially relevant or more 
God forbid, more interesting to the people? I don't think that's as much mm-hmm. of a thing. It started off with a simple halftime show. You know what the average halftime is for a football game? It's 15 minutes. You know what it is in the Super Bowl? It's half an hour right. or more. Well, it's a big show. It's, but it's it's their big fat show. If you don't like it, watch something else. When I do. Half, believe me, I do. When halftime comes on, do it's something become, else. Help. It's become bloated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. And then, uh, all right, we have a texter that says, Michigan State University shooter doesn't fit the left's normal narrative of mass shooters. How long do you think this story will stay in the news? Yeah, mass shootings, all of the mass shootings only stay in the news for, it's like 3.5 days. Well, Howard Kurtz talked about that. Yeah, now the mass shootings aren't even news anymore. It used to be the school shootings were in the news for weeks and weeks, and now to everybody gets two and a half days, and so will this guy. I didn't see what the uh, I believe the, he's the an picture Asian they American. showed. Or is he? I, th- the I thought the name appeared that, but uh, I didn't hear the name this morning. It wasn't available. Uh, yeah, was it started name? being available this morning. Read the next one while I look it up. All right, Carrie Lake was 100 percent correct to not stand for the quote black national anthem unquote. Up, oh, false alarm. I'm a, I'm looking at something else. Suspect identified as Anthony McRae, M C R A E. 43-year-old man with no obvious affiliation to the school. Okay. So so what was his, why does he not fit the typical uh, mold? He was white, he was middle-aged. Well, he's not, he's out of the age bracket at 43. Okay. That would be the first thing. All right. But, um, yeah, that's it. Well, we have a caller. Chris from Milton oh, is on the line. God. We're going to get some <laughs> factual information well, for maybe. change around here. <laughs> maybe. Joe will talk over you when you try to present facts, Chris, but please try anyway. Go right oh, ahead. Oh, I was just uh, noticing how it's, uh, it's uniting to show disrespect for the Black National Anthem, but uh, it's a major crime for, to show disrespect to the regular National Anthem. And that, what a surprise. Joe agrees with her. Wow, was that a startling thing? <laughs> I mean, wow, a chance to dump on black people. <laughs> Wonderful, Joe, you grabbed it right away. It's not dumping on black people. What You're missing my entire point, which is, are we one country? Are we the United States of America? Are you an American or are you a black American? Are you an American or you're an Irish American? I think Teddy Roosevelt hit it right on the head. There's only room for one Americanism, and it's American. And if we aren't, uh, if we okay, aren't a country let's together... Let's get under God out of the national anthem. That's just being divisive. It's not in the national anthem. It's in the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, in the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, it was put there in 1958. I guess it could be taken out. Yes, and it should be. Why? Because it's divisive. Okay. Is it's everything else okay? Christian, Christian or religious Americans and non-religious Americans. It's divisive. We don't want that. We just want one pledge for all Americans. Okay. If that's the way you feel, I don't have any problem with taking it out. It was out before. I think it was added for a good reason, and I think it would be a shame to take it out because our founding fathers made it perfectly clear that if we didn't believe in something, we wouldn't survive as a country. And then you don't want you don't like all this extra stuff added to the Super Bowl, but what <laughs> do your Republican Party just do? I don't know. What did they do? Well, they didn't add anything to the Super Bowl. They, yeah, they didn't add anything to the Super Bowl. Added, uh, added uh, saying the Pledge of Allegiance at every committee meeting now in Congress. Not just open the regular Congress, but at all the committee meetings. Well, we opened every meeting of our borough council with the Pledge of Allegiance. Is that wrong? 
Oh, bro. Well, it has under God, isn't it? It is, in my opinion. Okay, so we should not say under God. What should we say? Neither. I wouldn't say with, with or without God. That's dividing us. Hello? Uh, yeah, we're listening. It's dividing okay. us how? Well, if you're not religious at all whatsoever, it sounds like you're trying to force it down our throats, which you always complain about. No, I'm about. not trying to force it down your throats. You're trying to force your God down my throat. That's what I was trying to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You didn't do very well on that one either. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So you don't believe. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> you don't believe in God, and so that's okay. This is a free country, freedom of religion, freedom from religion. All right, we're we're at an agreement here. So you, this yeah, I've got no nowhere. problem with you not saying it. You, do you say? The, do you ever recite the Pledge of Allegiance? Not anymore. Not as long as under God's in it. Well, why why can't you, if it's okay for people to kneel during the national anthem, why can't you just skip saying those words? Because I don't believe in the national anthem as you wrote it. It's divisive. I'm going to sit down just like Carrie Lake. Okay. Okay. Well. All right. What else? Well, that's all I was calling up. What? Because, uh, Joe was so silly One about topic. jumping on the Carrie Lake bandwagon there. <laughs> right. I thought I'd point it out. Well, I think she was right. I think you're ignoring her larger point. It wasn't let's disrespect black people. It was you saying were ignoring, You were ignoring the football player's larger point. What was? No, I wasn't. I think they have every right to protest. I just think the venue they chose was wrong, and the method they chose was wrong. I'm not saying they don't have a valid point. In many and instances, they do. Smith's method, method was wrong. All right. All right, enough it about this. It was showing disrespect. Question, Chris. I got black people. I don't think so. I don't think every black person supports the black national oh, anthem either. Oh, it's not showing disrespect. I see. Well, is it showing disrespect to kneel during the national anthem? In your well, definition you of that. No, I'm asking you. You're saying that she was showing disrespect no, for I black don't think people. It is. So it's all right for people to kneel during the national anthem. That's not showing disrespect. But not standing for the black national anthem, that's showing disrespect. You're yes, Christo that's Christopia. You take just the opposite view, and I'm just parroting what you say. Well, no, I'm, ask I'm asking you what show. you believe. Have you caught on to that yet? I'm asking you what you believe. Chris calls in and says it's disrespectful to not stand for the black national anthem, but he's okay with people kneeling during the national anthem. Yeah, and, and the words, she praised the words of the author, correct? She what? Which includes the third... She praised the words of the author. She of, said it was uh, a beautiful song. <laughs> and she praised the words, was your quote. Well, I was reading from a news story. And that, and so throw in the third verse and see what black people should say. She said, of. we are one nation under God. Francis Scott Key's words ring true for every single American citizen, regardless yeah, of their, regardless the of their skin color. Regardless of their skin color. And it as is. usual, Chris wants to overtalk anything he disagrees with. Regardless of their skin color. Regardless of their skin color. Well, James Weldon Johnson's Lift Your Voice is a beautiful song, but it is not our national anthem. Right. How is that disrespectful? And the fact that it's called the Black I, National they, Anthem. They didn't say it was our national anthem. Well, it's called right. the Black National Anthem. Just parenthetically, that's not the real name. It's not no. the real name. But, you know, you, you're, you're, well, you should listen to yourself. Listen to the <laughs> podcast Jeez. here, and you'll see that you're not making sense. Oh, brother. Now, come ah. on, Joe. 
All right, Chris. I was parroting you, Joe. <laughs> I was <laughs> taking what you believe and applying it to one case, That's and then funny. you'd disagree with it, and then we'd go back and you'd ask me. So I did the same thing you did. I was trying to show how your thinking goes. All right, Chris. I got a you quick got question that, before Joe? you understand. Before nope. we take the break, Chris, I got a quick question for you. Yep. Uh, sure. Uh, of course, it's Lawrence's worthless view that President Trump will be our next president. President Biden has said he's running again. Of course, Trump is in this. But today, one of the wild cards got into the race. Nikki Haley officially announced that she is running. Do you think that if Republicans nominate any young person? They could undo Biden. They could beat him in 2024. Uh, very likely, but I'm pretty confident Haley won't be the one. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people say she's running for vice president, actually. Well, she, she got 3%. Of, she's at 3% of the vote now. Okay. And, and she, uh, she uh, at first, so totally denounced Trump. Right. And then capitulated to everything. So I don't think that will attract a lot of people who don't like Trump either. Okay. All right, we got he you. He was one of the, oh, oh, he's terrible, he's terrible, worst thing ever. Oh, I love him. <laughs> All right, we got okay. you. Hey, thank you so much, sir. Thanks, Thanks for calling Chris. In. Take care. Have Always a good week. Good to hear from you. All right, we got to hit the break, but uh, join the fray, 570-743-9565. Having a good discussion here about the Black National Anthem. Joe says we shouldn't have it at all whatsoever during the Super Bowl. I say it's a private party. If you don't like what they're playing on the speakers, sit down. And that's exactly what uh, Miss Carrie did. 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Uh, the other question that uh, popped up today, that if a Nikki Haley or some other young person is nominated by the Republicans, could a young person undo our aged president? Uh, what's your view on that topic? All right, welcome back. 570-743-9565. Joe, read something from the screen. Okay, Joe and Mark, when I was in high school band and playing the football games, each band played their school's alma mater. The band members stood during the opposing school's playing of their alma mater. We stood in respect to our fellow musicians and to show respect to them and their school. It should be a personal choice to stand or sit, much like people did at the football games. All right, well said. Thank you so much. Yeah, she is well within her rights, and it is not the U.S national anthem that uh, Carrie Lake was sitting during. It's the black national anthem. And if you don't wish to stand up and uh, you know, honor you know, whatever goes into the playing of that, you do not have to X that out now. Yes, oh, well, no, you can leave it there. All right. Never mind. All right. Uh, Dick, you are on the mark. Thanks for calling from Milton, PA. Go right ahead. Well, I wanted, to, I wanted to, to tell you about something that I thought was about the most ignorant thing I've read in quite a while. There's a book out called Roberto Clemente, Pride of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, in, du in Duval County, Florida, they took it from the school shelves. And I, basically, it boils down to, because in, the, in this book, it he talked about living through some racism. So they pulled it from the shelves down there. Hmm. So I'm assuming then if Jackie Robinson's book was there, they wouldn't have that there either. I mean, that's, that's actually part of history. I wonder but if they, don't want the, they don't want the students there to learn about black history. What, maybe when I wonder, did they do this, Dick? Is that part I, I of Governor DeSantis' I, I just read it yesterday on the Internet. On, I Googled it. Just, I was reading through stuff, and it was on one of the, you know, how different stories pop up if you're on Google or whatever. Mm. But my point being is, I, I know that I know that the, the governor down there really doesn't 
he does. He, I mean, he, he goes above board with some of the stuff that he wants to do. In my estimation, that's just me thinking about it. For a guy that went to Yale and Harvard, very both of them fairly liberal, maybe not the most liberal. You, but you and, went but to you Yale. Know, they're, they're trying no, to do away with books down there, DeSantis. certain books. But that was one of the books that was pulled from the, this county, which inclu- includes Jacksonville, pulled from the school shelves. And for that reason, because it talked about racism, that's well, terrible. Well, I'm only, I'm, I'm only par- I'm, I'm, I, I took through three photos, and one of it at the end that says, Roberto Clemente said the book is about his, da- this is Junior, said about his dad's upbringing, his, the time with the pirates, and his humanitarian work, which he did. Part of the book discusses racism, Roberto Clemente, that he was subjected to. So that is, that I'm assuming, he's, he's assuming, the son's assuming, that's why they took it from the shelves. Why would you take a perfectly good book about a pirate legend and pull it for yourself? I mean, he was a black guy. Well, they didn't take it, according to the story I'm looking at, they didn't take it away completely. They took it away to see if it complies with a new state law which limits discussions about race, which seems bizarre. You don't think that's a little bit above board? Sure, it is. Roberto Clemente was a great man, I thought. But so, I, I'm assuming then that they would they would review a book about Jackie Jackie Robinson because he was subjected to a lot of race issues. Well, I, I think that I don't know whether you saw you were talking about the governor of Florida, I assume, and then he's in the news this morning because he is uh, going to stop using uh, college boards because they uh, have included the our AP classes, college board AP classes, because of the they include apparently some of the stuff that's related to the 1619 project and to um, you know the fact that white people are supposedly bad and horrible and all that stuff that <laughs> parents are objecting to being feeling a little school. oppressed, Joe. Yeah. You know, well, well, I guess my only my only my only thing I'm getting old. I'm the same age as you. We're not going to live much longer. There'll be a time when, when this country might revert back almost to racism. Well, it's, let's there's, hope not. There's a lot of people out there that do not like minorities. And you, you, I mean, I know, I have good friends of mine. I've grown up with them. They have a lot of issues with black people, well, a different, different respect, people from different nationalities. They just do. And I can see, I can see it coming around, going full circle. Will it ever reach that point? Like I don't know. I'm, Let's I'm hope just, not. I just, I think that's my opinion. There was a song uh, called "We've Come Too Far to Turn Back Now," and I hope we're at that point with race relations. Well, I'm not 100 percent sure that's the point. I don't. I'm not sure that's going to happen anymore. All right, we got. Well, you. the part that worried me I mean, is I'm, since you and I are the same age, and you said we're not going to live much longer, that worries me. <laughs> well, listen, you know, you know, unless there's some damn miracle cure out there that both of us can live to be whatever, and sometimes I'm, I'm thinking it's not all that bad to be not living in this. Much right. longer the way things are going in this country. Right. Well, you may have All a right. point there, Dick. Thanks we got for you, calling. sir. Thank you so much. All right, Joe, Bye-bye. read, read Bye. something from the screen again. Any one of these good. Why are we paying PA legislators if they're not in session but are supposed to be there? Mm-hmm. And then I'm now concerned that the items shot down recently are UFOs. Chris is out of this world. <laughs> All right, and this is a good one. If I wish to hunt for Chinese balloons in Snyder County, I must show ID for ammo. However, I don't have to show ID to vote. Yeah, what's wrong with that? All right, we're going to take a quick break. Hold on, Joseph. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. 
You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, long story short, that certainly was not That was a long story. All right, uh, let's put Joseph on. He's waited, He's waited. Uh, forever. Go ahead, sir. You're on the mark. Yes, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, you were talking about the national anthem. I didn't realize when I was watching that 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 was the, nanth- na- the black national anthem. Uh, it's, it's, it's totally ridiculous. Uh, my <laughs> wife is Vietnamese. Why don't we have a Vietnamese national anthem? Well, probably because half the players, half the players in the NFL aren't Vietnamese, so I don't think you're going to. It doesn't find matter. It. Oh, I mean, why okay. are you favoring that? You know, it's just ridiculous. That isn't what I wanted to talk about, really. Uh, Joe said about. You know, one nation under God, right? In the in the uh, pledge, right? Right. It's okay. there. What 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 God? That's my question. What there God? There is. are gods many. There are gods many, but there is only one Creator, which is Yahweh. They should preface that by one nation under the Creator, Yahweh of heaven and earth. That would make it an awfully long Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> and furthermore... <laughs> well, that's not going to hurt anything. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Here's Meetings the point. are long enough. The Muslims enough. have a God. The Buddhists have a God. And, and you can just go down the line to Shintoists and whatever. And like I say, there are gods made. So we must distinguish which God we are worshipping. Well, if there's, only one, if there's only one God, that's the one we're worshiping. If you believe there are many gods, then you're a polytheist. No, no, no. The Bible says no, there no, are No, no, no. There's read one your Bible, God. Joe. You, but you what do we believe today? More. What do we believe? What do we believe today? We believe there is one God. If you believe there's uh-huh. more, then you're probably a big fan of Baal and some of the well, others, but I'm not. No. I believe there's one God. Satan, uh, listen, Joe, in your Bible, it says Satan is the God of this present world. That's what your Bible says. But there's only one God. Yeah, but is that Satan? What's because that have to do with the black the national anthem? <laughs> That's what the Bible says. All right, well, you, you believe there are many gods. The context of it. All right, well, I believe there's one God, and he's in heaven, and that's all I need to worry about. <laughs> well, so do many other people. But is that God, if that, he's not the one of the Bible who tells us to do and believe certain things, um, you know, He's the wrong one. All Even right. the Savior said that the religious leaders of his day, he said, you're your father, the devil. And they said, oh, no, we're serving the Almighty. Oh, no, he says, you're your father, the devil. That's what the Savior said. Okay. But they were very religious people, Joe. How about that black national anthem, Joseph? <laughs> That's a bunch of crap. There we go. Just Thank like, uh, I'm telling you, all this stuff, our, uh, this world's conscience has been seared. Uh, politically, ec- economically, religiously, uh, to put up with things uh, it, it, back in the 60s, or just go in the 50s and 60s to think about these things. It wouldn't even be thinkable uh, about the, a man calling himself a woman and, and a woman calling herself a man and, and, and to have that as law that they can get married and, 
It's just totally ridiculous. And the problem is the churches have dropped the ball. They haven't stood up for the rights, uh, for for the right thing, and their conscience have been seared with a hot iron. All right, we got you. All right, I wonder what you. that burn mark was on Lawrence's forehead. <laughs> That's well, a I got sign you. of the cross. You better believe it. It's there on yours, too, Joe. That oh, was put up right? there with I olive mean, you oil. you to the Virgin Mary. Am I right? I have been known you to say the Hail Mary. Yes, I have been known to do that. He well, likes if you're it. you're a good Catholic, you're praying to the Virgin Mary. She didn't die for your sin. He finds it. She's <laughs> dead and in the grave. Finds it repetitive so, and meditative. So, in other words, Jesus didn't raise her up, huh? Nope, not oh, yet. Okay. <laughs> he will, but not yet. In the resurrection, in the first resurrection. Says you. Says you, yeah. <laughs> no, says the Bible. Where does it say in the Bible that Mary wasn't raised up? Where does it say that in the Bible? All right, moving on. Let's see. No, guys. I mean, he says that okay, in the Bible. It says in I mean, Hebrews chapter 11. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11, the last two verses. All right, we'll Last check two it out. Verses, it says it. Mary's not been raised up from the dead. We'll check no, it out. Nobody has been <laughs> raised up from the dead yet. Well, that was before Lazarus that was, was before from, Jesus' Lazarus time. Was raised from the dead, but he died again. Well, how do you know? <laughs> Doesn't say when he died. Just said he died he once. <laughs> how do you know? He, he might did. be roaming the earth right now. He might be here. No, he's not here. Now there's a lot of false religions that believe that. I'm trying to fill the last minute of the show. No, no, no filling. (laughs) All right, we got you two. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. Thanks for calling in. Really appreciate it. You got to do something about that burn mark in your forehead. Thank you. It's oil. It's a sign of the cross. Move on. All right. Right-hand side. Great idea about Chris listening to himself on a podcast. If he was honest, he would probably shake his head and say, did I really say that? Good, solid opinions based on facts don't seem to bother him. He just likes arguments with Joe. To quote Mark Lawrence, oh, brother, keep up the good work, Joe. It's not how you say it. (laughs) Oh, brother. brother. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, let's see. Hey, Dick, when you assume you know the saying... And then another one says, oh, my, Chris, all religions have a God, even an atheist like you. I'll assume your God is just an object. Well, Joseph says there are lots of gods. <laughs> one of our listeners says, I don't like the black national anthem. There's really just one American national anthem. I didn't even know there was a black national anthem until this morning, and I'm opposed to it. P.O.'d. <laughs> P.O.'d. All right. Joe, you were right. You have divided this audience once again I'm along racial lines. Us. You most certainly did. Trying to unite us. You did that deliberately. We are all Americans. We have one national anthem. Fomenting calls. <laughs> right. Wait. Oh, that's our purpose. Sorry. That is our purpose, yes. Some days. <laughs> this is WKOK Sunbury. <laughs>